Welcome to The Sensual Garden. I am The Sensual Seductress, a.k.a. Alori. This episode is Show Me. I was curious, so this is how it all began. I attended my very first fun party in my early 30s, and I bought my very first toy. Yes, I knew about toys, had seen toys, and all of that good stuff. But I had never owned a toy. I'd been to the toy store, the adult video store, watched porn, all that good stuff. But I just never owned a toy. So my first toy was a silver bullet. And I bought a pink rabbit sleeve to go on top of it. The party was on a Saturday. It was a a guy that I was dating, his aunt's friend. So, I go to the party. I buy the toy. I want to say it was probably a week or so later that I used the toy. I want to say it had three speeds. It was a continuous vibration. There was no pulse setting or anything like that. So I started it off on low. Then I moved to medium. And then I moved to high. And when I went to high. (laughs) Let's just say. It was an interesting experience, so much so that I called my best friend at the time and said, girl, you better come get this thing because you'd have thought somebody was in the room with me the way I was hollering. And that was my slick intro to toys. So I started doing a little research here and there, got invited to a few more fun parties because shoot, I didn't even know what a fun party was. Go figure, where had I been? Under a rock? I don't know. But anyway, so I did go to a few more. And then one of my friends was selling toys. And I asked her, how did she get involved in doing it? And she told me and she gave me the information. And I went on and signed up. So I did that. My children were elementary school, grammar school, whichever one you want to call it. And uh, I worked for one company for about a year. And then I worked for another company for about a year. And then I found a local company that I started working for. And I was making pretty good money. But the problem was, it was one of those, uh, it felt like, let me say that, it felt like one of those, uh, I think it's called MLM, like the pyramid, you know, You get this much percentage off or pay. And then after a while, well, now we're expecting you to bring somebody else in. And hey, you build your team and all this. And I got sick of that. So I worked for the local company for a while. But I noticed something right off the bat. Instead of them cutting me a check, whatever I made that I didn't have to send in, That was mine, if I had cash right there. But whatever I made off the orders that I actually had to send in the amounts for, 
instead of giving me a check, they used it as credit for my next order. Well, that wasn't going to work for me. I have three little people who are now teenagers in high school and doing this, that, and the third. So I left that company and I took a break and I started just uh, trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. And I found that my purpose is teaching. No, I am not a <laughs> licensed teacher on any level. But in 2017, I was like, okay, I miss doing this. And I still had some leftover inventory that had never been touched. And so I did a little research and I went to a bridal shower. And the young lady that was there we got to talking and uh, I asked her, you know, what were the ins and outs and stuff like that. So I made an order through her and we got to talking some more. And I said, well, I kind of want to do this for myself. I don't want a middleman. If I can just get a website and it's set up and it's priced and all of that. And I can just get my customer base online and then have some on-hand inventory. I'd be great. So when I made my order through her, she sent me what what was consisted in her kit. And I got that. And I did what I've always done. I did like a soft opening with family and friends, inviting them over. Or I rented a space, whichever. But I hosted my own party to show them what I had. And let them know, hey, I'm back in business. So after couple of months I asked her how did she end up getting it and doing it by herself and she told me so what I did was follow what she said and I was able to get me a website that hosts over 40,000 products I was able to get it for free because it's hosted from a company but not one of these parent companies my stuff comes straight from the manufacturer or warehouse and I'm good I even have uh, access to a wholesale account where I can get stuff in bulk versus one by one so what I did was thought of a name I already had my EIN and all of that good stuff I'd been had that stuff so I thought of a business name and I decided on the sensual garden with sensual spell S-Y-N-S-U-A-L. And I chose that name because I'm all things romance and and and, and nice and, and sweet and romantic and, and using your five senses to achieve the ultimate pleasure. That's where my head was, that's where my head still is. Everything doesn't have to be cookie cutter. And everything is not a one size fits all when it comes to the bedroom. So I started with that, like I said, and I got all my stuff together and I started ordering stuff. I think my first order, I may have spent like $1,500 out of my pocket. And of course I bought a pole (laughs) 
Can't do a fun party without a pole. You got to have a pole. So I bought a pole and I bought some toys and I bought some lubes and I bought some gels and I bought some grooming stuff. You know, just a bulk of a little bit of everything. Some for men, some for women, games, all that. So I had all that and I was like, okay, I'm ready. So I did my birthday party as a soft opening in 2019, as a matter of fact. And I had all my toys laid out and I had the pole put up and I had the swing that hangs from the ceiling, but I couldn't put it up because the type of room we were in, the ceiling wouldn't have held it. But I had all my stuff and I invited uh, family and friends, some of my kinky friends, because by now I am actually in the kink community, you know. Whereas for so long, everything that I did was behind closed doors. And we'll get to that in a minute. So, (laughs) I did that, made some sales, and I had my business cards, and everything was going. But of course, with everything, you know, you have your ups, you have your downs, you have your highs, you have your lows. So, made money in March, made a little money in April. In May, my world got turned topsy-turvy. My mom passed, May of 19. And my daughter was graduating college, my middle girl. So I had to put everything on hold and uh, take care of all that stuff. And I was still working. I was still working a regular 40-hour job because I did not have a brick and mortar. I still don't have a brick and mortar. But with anything... It's a hustle. You you got to get your name out here. You got to be known. You have to build up your trust with people. You have to know what the hell you talking about. So, you know, for me, it wasn't just about selling the toys. I'm selling you an experience. I need to tell you how this works. And even if I've never used every toy that I have purchased for inventory, I can talk to people like I have used it because I've re- re- read on it. And then... I give samples. You know, if I have multiples or something, like, okay, hey, can you try this and leave a review? So that's where we are now. I have a lot of inventory at home that I have put about hmm, about five or six thousand dollars into. Some of it I've sold, some of it I still have. And um I host my own parties. I'm working on one now. I don't do all male parties. I do couple parties and I do girl parties where it's just ladies only. I like the couples because they have so many questions. And I I love that, especially when they can come out and they can freely talk in a safe space. And not feel embarrassed about it. So I like that. I deal with the LGBTQ community. I am friendly to that community. So I'll host parties for them. Still no all men parties. And that's a safety reason. But that's a horse of another color. Anywho. uh, 
I've been doing vendor fairs and things of that nature. And uh, I do virtual shopping where you can call my business line and I will do a video call with you or we will set up a Zoom and you can take a tour around the inventory that I have here at the house. I do virtual fun parties. We're in the midst of a pandemic. So everyone is not comfortable being outside. Uh, I'll set up a Zoom or you set up the Zoom and invite me. So yeah, that is the story of the Central Garden. And I named myself the Central Seductress because I'm all about the art of seduction. Now, how did I get started in kink? <laughs> I've always been curious about stuff. I've had dreams, I've had fantasies, you name it, I've probably thought about it. Except for animals, old people, and children. Those are not on my list of things to even think about. But anywho, different strokes, different folks. I remember a Saturday when I was 19 and uh, I spent the day with a guy that I was dating in high school, but we had stopped dating. So when I decided to not finish college and I came home, we spent the Saturday together. Who knew? Who knew? We did the hair pulling, the smacking ice uh, mouthwash slick bondage we we did a lot we spent the whole Saturday just basically whatever we thought about doing we did at the time was it safe sane and consensual it was consensual, but I'm not so sure everything was safe. Sane, I can say, because neither one of us were under the influence of alcohol and or drugs. But safe, now that I know, nah, we probably weren't safe. <laughs> we probably weren't safe. Which is probably 90% of people who are trying to navigate through kink on their own and no reading no research nobody to guide you all that good stuff so that saturday led to a whole lot of other stuff in my head but i did not have sex like that again until my 30s late 20s early 30s I had uh, gotten married, children, all that stuff, separated, all that good stuff. Uh, went through a good whole phase after I separated from my husband. And uh, I got reacquainted with a friend that I met at a party in high school that I had no business being at. And we got reacquainted on Facebook. And he and I ended up being friends with benefits for a while. And when I say a while, I'm talking some years. But he introduced me to a very good group that was on Facebook. The group is no longer in existence. 
And it was such a safe space for me to go and ask my questions. And they answered my questions. And I I was like, so I'm not a weirdo. I'm not this. I'm not that. Because I had questions, y'all. I had questions. And no matter how crazy the question was, they answered it all. So he and I started experimenting in a little bit of light BDSM. He was, well, I would classify him as a switch. He said being a dominant would take too much energy, <laughs> too much responsibility. So I'd say he would be a switch because sometimes he'd take the lead in the bedroom. Sometimes I would. I knew that in doing all my reading and stuff like that on the lifestyle and asking all my questions, I knew in my heart of hearts that I was a submissive. And I knew that because I'm the oldest of all my siblings. So I've always been in charge. I was married, raised my children, worked a job, did this, did that. Always having to make decisions, 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 decisions. And the bedroom was the one place where I just wanted to let go. Period. I just wanted to let go. I don't want to, have to think about what we need to do, how we're going to do it. None of that. You got it. You do it. I'm, I'm tired. You do it. Let me just follow you. So, my F. WB and I, we lasted for some years and our relationship ended and we ended on good terms and we're still good friends because I ended up getting reacquainted (laughs) with the high school uh, sweetheart that I spent that lovely Saturday with and he ended up getting reacquainted with someone from his past. So, about two years into my relationship with the sweetheart we got to talking and I was telling him about some of my desires and how I wanted to explore more and all of that good stuff and we started lightly experimenting because I'm going to tell you people used to talk about choking and I was definitely afraid of it definitely afraid But I let him choke me. I found that I liked it. Hair pulling has always excited me. Dirty talking has always excited me. Smacking me on the ass always excited me. Always. So, he and I, we're doing our thing. And like I said, it's behind closed doors. And I think I am now into my fourth or fifth Fet Life page. So I created another Fet Life page because I wanted to go to the bondage club. And well, in order to get there, you got to go through certain procedures. So I created me another Fet Life page. And I was befriended by a young lady, and she invited me to a group 
called the POC, People of Color. I must say this is an amazing group of people. An amazing group of people. And she hosts uh, munches for black people or people of color or black people and their allies. Uh, She hosts play parties. All that good stuff. So I'm in this group. So now it's like, okay, you can expand your knowledge. Start asking questions and this, that, and the third. So I started asking my questions in this group because now I have a deeper understanding of what's going on. But now I need to know, am I weird on another level? So I started asking my questions in the group and stuff. And I started going to munches and meeting people. And I was like, wow. And voila, the light bulb comes on. I'm a switch. Because I like to top. I was like, whoa. And I find that in BDSM, you don't have to just subscribe to one thing. You can be many things. I am a submissive. I am a switch. I can top and or bottom. I'm a sensualist. I'm a caregiver. I am a mommy type. I am not a masochist, but I have sadistic tendencies. I'm a voyeur. To a degree, I'm an exhibitionist. You know, you can be all these things and you can explore all these things about you. And I found that to be utterly freeing. My first real BDSM scene was done at the club. I was curious about being tied up. So I let a friend of mine who I didn't even know was in the lifestyle. And we've been knowing each other a long time. But I didn't know until I got in the group. And I let him do my first scene. Of course, I talked it over with the sweetheart to make sure it was okay because He hadn't been cleared to come to the club. I had went through the processes and got cleared to come to the club. And I now had a membership. So I go to the party. My hands are tied. And my legs are bound to a spreader bar. And he used several implements to do light. And when I say light, I mean very light impact play. And then um, I was tied to a spanking bench. That was my very first scene. And later that night, I did a a sensation scene or a sensual scene with a young lady. That was the first time I had topped. It was really, really nice and very, very freeing. And it was at that time that I was like... I think I found my place. So now we are three and a half, almost four years later. And I am being asked to do presentations at the club. Uh, I'm doing one next month on the importance of aftercare. I believe in December I'm doing one on navigating... BDSM with a disability and or a handicap. And we'll get to that 
I'll tell y'all about that in just a few minutes. I found that I like paint. And I'm not an artist by any means. So I started doing body paint. Glow-in-the-dark paint. Stuff like that. Just painting on the human body. And I had some amazing people to volunteer. And I was like, wow. So then I got interested in wax play. (laughs) And again, the volunteers were just, I was amazed because I let them know about my uh, disability or handicap, whatever you want to call it, my impairment. And they still were trusting enough of me to bottom for me. So I did, uh, the club had a fire and ice event a few months ago, and they asked me to demo wax as part of the fire event. So I did. I host my own events at the club now. I've come a long way. As It's just... This is something that I like to do. Well, no, I'm not going to say I like to do. This is who I am. This is who I am. I honestly don't think that I could ever go back to a 100% vanilla lifestyle. I found that I need this. This is my anchor, if you will, or my uh, balance. Sometimes when I find myself out of whack and my anxiety is up in the air and and going crazy, you know, a good three or four uh, smacks with the flogger or with the hand on my ass and, hey, I'm centered again. Or if I take my, I have a thing for cold metal on my skin. If I take my chain and take it and put it in the freezer and just lay it on my neck after it comes out the freezer, that weight and that coldness will cool me. I found that BDSM has been very therapeutic for me, especially for my anxiety. And I know a lot of people might be like, what? No, uh uh-uh, you got to be, no, no, no. You can dip your toes in kink. You don't necessarily have to go from sitting on the side of the pool with your toes in the water to the straight 12 feet. No. No, you can do light. You can do mid. You can go full throttle hardcore. It's all on what you want. And how you want it. And so, that's how Alluring was born. That is my scene name. That is my BDSM name. Alluring. And because I wanted something to describe me. (laughs) I wanted something to describe me. So now you have that. How I got into toys. And now how I got into kink. How did I get into intimacy coaching? When you sell toys. And you do fun parties. You get a lot of questions. And then when people know you, and they may not necessarily know what you do, but when people become comfortable with you and comfortable enough with you to discuss 
their sex life. And you can give them an honest answer or some good helpful tips. I did that for so long and I was like, maybe I need to add this to my... So I did a little research online to see if I needed to be a licensed and, uh, person and this, that, and the third. And uh, checked out a couple of websites. Even checked out a couple of schools because I wanted to become a licensed sexologist. However, those the two schools that I know of, they don't take, well, they don't qualify, rather, for financial aid right now. And, well, I don't have $8,000 just laying around. So, what I do now is I read. If I can find free courses online, I'll take them. I took some free courses online and got certified in some different subjects with Planned Parenthood. Because they have a, a sex ed to go online. So, I did that. And, like I said, I read. Oh, my God, do I read. I think I have over... 700 books on my Kindle, and I have read them all. I read everything except paranormal, vampire, science fiction, and I don't think I do well with murder mystery. But romance, BDSM, self-help, fiction, urban fiction... All that other good stuff, I'll read it. I'll get so lost in a book till I don't even know it's people in my house. <laughs> Thankfully, I live alone and it's just me and the dog. But that's how I came to intimacy coaching. And I let it be known, I do not have a degree. I do not have a license. I have not gone to school for any formal education in sex, in intimacy, or even with the toys. A lot of my knowledge is self-taught because I listen to people, I pay attention, I watch, I read. I ask questions. So a lot of my stuff is really life experience, something I may have heard, or something I may have read. I don't prescribe anything except communication. I prescribe that all day long. Talk to your mate. Talk to your partner or partners. But otherwise, when I coach, it's like you're sitting down with a really good friend and we're just having a conversation. A couple of my kinky friends listen to my YouTube channel. And they were like, you like that cool auntie we can just go talk to. You just have that soothing voice and this, that, and the third. And by the way, I hate my voice. But anyway, <laughs> that's how I came into this. Like I said, I, I've known for some years that my purpose is to teach. Teach what I have no earthly idea. But I found some things that I like, that I love that I enjoy and implemented it and that's what I do now when I was saying that uh, I'm doing a presentation and I'm going to actually do an episode on navigating 
BDSM uh, with a handicap or disability. I am going to do one of those. I'm not sure when, but it's coming. So, let me give you a little background. I am a female, born female, black, albino. I have no pigment. My hair is naturally platinum blonde. My eyelashes and my eyebrows look like they white. (laughs) But they're platinum blonde. My hair has a tinge of gold to it. But everything else, yeah. You can hold my hand too hard and I will bruise. You can hit me too hard with your hand. You can pinch me too hard, hug me too hard. I will bruise. I can sunburn myself if I run my bath water too hot or the shower is too hot. I am light sensitive. So that means I'm wearing sunglasses 90% of the time. Well, I'm supposed to wear sunglasses. I get sunburned, so I have to use sunscreen or cover up and wear uh, something across my shoulders and across my neck. Or I carry an umbrella. I carry an umbrella. And now, I'm considered to be legally blind. No, that does not mean that I cannot see. I have some sight. I wear glasses. I've been wearing glasses since I was nine months old. But again, when you have people who are patient, who are understanding, who want to learn, and who are all about acceptance and inclusion, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Hell, I topped a man for impact play for the first time last month. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> you know, in June, I uh, topped a guy, but it wasn't for impact play. I had bought these uh, floggers. I think that's what they're called because they're baseballs. And they're attached to something. And when you use them, I don't use them for impact like that. It feels like a deep tissue massage. And again, I let people know about my vision before I seen with them. Before we even get to the negotiation part, I let people know up front about my vision. I make sure to take all the necessary precautions I talked about wax earlier. I use paraffin wax, and I'll talk about that in another episode. But I bought these little cups that I can pour my wax into to let it cool a little bit before it goes on the skin. Again, we'll talk about all that. Instead of using a knife or a a letter opener or anything sharp to take off the wax to remove it, I bought these plastic scrapers. That I can wash and sanitize and use again. Before I started doing wax, I actually did a wax video where I was putting the wax over my arm. 
so somebody could they could see it on YouTube that I put this on me first. And I'm gonna tell you about it, and then I'm gonna if you'll let me, I'll do it on you. I did the same thing with the paint. I painted myself parts of my body and then asked for volunteers. So, like I said, it's ways to navigate. Just because you have a handicap or a disability does not mean that you can't get your kink on. Because you can. Like I said, this is not a one-size-fits-all. BDSM is like a buffet of stuff. It's like a, a big buffet. And you don't have to start at a certain point or stop at a certain point. You know, as long as it's safe, sane, and consensual between you and whomever you with, do your thing. So, that is the story of the sensual garden, the sensual seductress, and alluring. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to drop me an email at thesensualgarden at gmail.com. It's spelled just like the podcast. If you are in need of adding to your toy bag or toy chest, shop thesensualgarden.com. If you want to book a fun party or anything like that, hey, that's where you do it. Send it to my email. And until next time, and I hope you all have enjoyed this uh, intro to me and who I am. Until next time, night-night.